Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight on Sweet Liberty. It is Wednesday. It's a rainy Wednesday here. And it was a rainy Tuesday and Monday and Sunday and Saturday. And I guess we've had about maybe five hours of sunshine in the past week, if that. Uh, yet it's been a lovely day because my sister's here with me now. My sister was living in, and she lost her husband almost ten years ago. And... Um, we decided it was really silly for us spending all the time we did on the telephone when we both could be together. So this got in last Saturday, and we've almost er, settled already. So the rainy days have meant nothing. They were just rainy days, and inside the sun has just been shining, and it's been wonderful. And my sister's listening to this broadcast. Just, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, so with that said, let me um, share our spiritual message with you, ladies and gentlemen. I did this uh, some time ago. Uh, This is from A Course in Miracles. It's from the workbook on page 58. It says that your holiness reverses all the laws of the world. It is beyond every restriction of time, distance, and limits of any kind. I think that, in my mind, what this is doing is just defining or describing the one that we know as Jesus, uh, being in the but not of the world, and, and overcoming the world, the physical, while being here in the physical. I'm going to do that again for you, just this. Your holiness reverses all the laws of the world. It is beyond every restriction of time, space, distance and the many kind. And in my mind and in my heart, well, Jesus said uh, in the Old uh, New Testament, I uh, was talking to Pontius Pilate when Pontius Pilate was trying to trip him up, and he asked if he was king, and he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And he said, I have come to this world for one cause, and that is to bear witness unto the truth. There are many truths that we have been given that are in that Old Testament. I believe that they put words in the mouth of, of, of Jesus, in the writing of the so-called saints of Jesus, just to make uh, changes. Maybe one here and there, maybe a whole bunch of words. But there is truth there. And I believe that he was a demonstration of who we truly are and what our potential is. And what I just read to you, that's what it reminds me of. And our guest this evening, again, is Alan Watt. Alan, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. Do you have any comments or thoughts about what I was just talking about? Uh, yeah, my mind tends to flow. Um, Your mind tends to flow? It's now and then. <laughs> Just, That's an understatement, isn't it? Yeah, just a tad. Eh? Yeah. A wee tad. My mind tends to flow. Yes, but, uh, okay. yeah, it's, it's an ideal that everybody tries to strive for. Yes. But those who know that we try to strive for it, use it for their own purposes. Yeah. Okay, and would you expand on that? Because I'm not quite sure... Well, if you look at all of the, the various movements of followers, not the leaders, but followers and various groups and NGOs and so on, they truly do believe they're doing everything for a better world. 
they have no one idea and because it's their nature to try to be good and help and so on okay. they have no idea that there's very rather opposite people at the top uh, with a different conclusion in mind but they need the help of the true believers you know and we, we manifest a world which is never the one we envisaged when you say that it's the help of the true believers yeah are you talking about uh, a religious belief or all, all of that all of that even the ones that are uh, involved in all the programs for saving the planet and so on and who've been brainwashed by all the the big nature programs on TV which is always one-sided propaganda um, they really do believe they're, they're, they're trying to make a better world um, but they have no idea again because of their ignorance they don't search for further truths or agendas uh, they don't want to look at the nasty side of, of controlled society uh, that would stifle individualism completely and all of these groups that they're involved in all, all emanate back to or from the United Nations well, the UN is in charge of all of these. Uh, in their, quote, true belief, uh -huh. they truly believe yeah. that the United Nations is our answer to peace in this world. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's, uh, but, but those, again, remember, the United Nations is staffed with bureaucracies uh, that are intergenerational. Yes. And they have their own schools to train their own children uh, to take over from them. And whenever, once in a blue moon, when you hear a person at the United Nations speaking that isn't the front spokesperson, person, the PR person for their department, once in a while you'll get uh, the real bureaucrat there, and they don't even talk to you like a, to the public, like the public. They don't. Uh, make it nice and, and, and sugar-coated uh, uh, they, they're pretty direct with their statements of, uh, of dictatorial language of how the world is going to be you mean you're not talking about reports that are fed, uh, that are actually available to the public for example uh, the, what, what the heck was it under Clinton uh, for sustainable development the report on uh, sustainable development uh -huh. I got about five I was able to order those books. They were free uh, before mm -hmm. they quit uh, giving them away. Yeah. And um, and their their language in those reports is so couched mm -hmm. that you have to learn to understand their language. Yeah. Or somebody reading them, Alan, mm -hmm. would think, "Oh, so wonderful." Yeah. So they're, they they they're saying what they mean. And they're absolutely meaning what they say, yeah. but don't read it that way. Yes, and it's actually, it's legalistic language they're using, which has gone through the blender to tone it down for the, for the public relations department, yeah. and that's the ones that they give the, the public, the masses, as we say, as they say, uh, the finished product. It sounds nicey-nicey, but there's different intentions behind it, because the Society of Sustainable Development, um, under all the hype of crisis, 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 um, has got a lot of decent people following this and believing it, because it, it's, it's marketed to them by their news and by the television programs is marketed constantly and so they have a one-sided view of everything uh, all the other gaps on the other side of the story is never given so they truly believe it's all for the best yes an example of that we, we discussed it at length 
honestly, Liberty, not you and I, but, uh, you know, in the past. And um, there was a, a, a thing going around called the 2020, uh-huh. Vision 2020. Yeah. I had a lady from Texas with us who was involved in one of those, um, uh, what do we call them, um, where they're dialoguing the people to consensus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said they are so slick. And they talk to these people. Of course, they've got all the facilitators there. Mm-hmm. And these are all people in the community. And they tell them, uh, ask them how they want their community to look in 20 years. Yeah. Do you want open spaces for your children to run and play? Do you want this? And everybody's going, yes, yes. And so they come up with it, and they put it into uh, resolutions within a, in a, a county or a township. It's usually a county, and uh, that's there on the books. Yeah. It's on the books, and in 20 years, 2020, mm-hmm. they're going to say, here it is. By God, it's the law. Yeah. And the people help them do it, mm-hmm. not knowing. Not knowing that the real agenda... And it's a world where, as I say, when individualism, when free will and choice is stifled, is strangled, actually, um, that's the end, you see. That's the end. That would be the end of living uh, for people who enjoy individuality. Uh, when you cannot make choices for yourself, you're living in a totally controlled society, you know, um, where everything's made for you. Right. At the end of maybe we're just breathing and moving, but not living. No creativity at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A cradle to grave, that was the old socialist saying. However, as you've said, that they've never made it. Mm-hmm. And right at the grand finale, you know, they're mm-hmm. sent back into their pools, Alan. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that, that, okay, fine. Well, you see, last week you mentioned... Worry about. Yeah. You, you mentioned the missing link last time, last program. Yeah. And you see, that the, the found the missing link is the bureaucrat. Oh, okay. See, that's the bureaucrat. Okay. I thought you were going to give us a synopsis of what you said was not a drive-by question. Well, that's it, because if you go into these caves they live in, they call them government buildings, and you're trying to get help with some form of censure, you'll see them sort of scurrying alongside the walls, keeping to the walls, just like shadows. And if you ask them for help, they, they murmur something like, it's not my department, and then they disappear inside doors, these dark little caves you live in. So that, that's the missing link. Right, and it isn't funny. Well, it's true. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. And it is true, as you said, that there's no complaint department in this system. No, it's a gang system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've said this before on the air, but it's been a long time. Uh, since we've discussed it mm-hmm. here in Pennsylvania, talking to a state legislator, uh, talking about the agencies and the bureaucracies created around and you know within the agencies. Yeah. And he told me first of all, uh, okay, there are two different conversations with two different people here, but he told me that they began to realize it's the mistake they made in the power that they gave to. Mm-hmm. Uh, agencies, the bureaucrats, yeah. that we can't, no matter what we do, what we introduce, we can't even get the committee to get it changed. Uh-huh. And um, and in another conversation, was with another rep uh, secretary, 
it had to do with Children Family Services, Alan. Oh, yeah. And they had people coughing up, you know, where Children Family Services were harassing and abusing and taking their children under, uh, you know, arms, mm-hmm. armed officers, et cetera. Yeah. And when the state rep called, what they said simply was this. You created us. You gave us this power. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's what he was told. Yeah. And it was the same thing with the, the other one that you knew, who was a farmer who sat on the board for something, but with taxes, for property taxes. And they were seizing farms and so on, or foreclosing and different people. Yeah. And uh, with the answer he gave you? Well, yeah, that was Walt Byron, was our county commissioner, and he is a farmer, mm-hmm. has a large farm. And he would hit, returned a call to me, apologized that he hadn't returned sooner, but they were out, uh, uh, what do they call They're seizing homes, they're taking over, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. stealing, stealing is the word, actually. Stealing is the word, yeah. use the word. Mm-hmm. And he said it so nonchalantly, and said, isn't that a shame, Walt? He said, what? What do you mean? I said, take people's homes mm-hmm. because they couldn't pay their taxes. I said, my God, people believe that by working hard and paying off their mortgages, they're going to have security yeah. in their elderly years. And because they can't pay $2,000 taxes, their home is gone. Mm-hmm. He says, well, we have to do something. Nobody pay their taxes. Yeah. And that was it. That was, And I thought, Barnes was a nice man. I thought he was. Yep. And maybe there's in weight about him that he showed some decency. But it meant nothing to him. And and you know what? I, I think about the fact that what goes around comes around. It doesn't always happen. Maybe this lifetime, it often does, Alan. Mm-hmm. I know. And I, I, I mean, it's so wrong to wish that something like that would happen to someone like him. Yeah. Because we're creating our own... <laughs> negativity to come back. Well, this has been asked for thousands of years. Why do the wicked prosper? And you see, it's it's because the system we live in is the one system for thousands of years based on money, uh, based on a hierarchy of control of money right down to the bottom. And uh, and it's got its own secret society at the top, and it's helping secret society beneath it. They can always rationalize it and work for them for self-preservation um, in some ways and self-aggrandizement in others. So this is the problem. We live in an artificial system where we don't trade things, we don't swap things and exchange things. We use this thing called money. And once we accept it, it rules our lives. And the people who rule our lives, we never even get to meet. And uh, we haven't found a way yet to do without it, have we? Uh, well, they won't let you do without it. That's just it. A uh, hundred odd years ago, even less, you could barter to an extent. But that even that's been taken away. They call it the underground economy. And they've had on television how the underground economy is, is robbing you, the taxpayer, by not paying their share. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, they trade. Okay, beautiful example of barter. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't maybe say it. The taxpayer, the collectors will be at my door. <laughs> my neighbor, about an hour ago, brought the four bales of hay, small bales of hay. Yeah. 
for my outside the mud there where it's so muddy because it's raining all the time. Mm-hmm. And he brought it around. He and his wife were here. And I was went to pay him. I said, now is it $2 or $2.50 a bale now? Yeah. He looked at me. He said, nothing. I said, well, if you take it, then I won't be able to ask for hay anymore. He said, my God, I already live with a woman who's worrying all the time. He said, we're neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I had given her a jar of my pickle relish that she said we've been paid Jackie uh-huh. we got a jar of pickle relish and thank you and we may need a favor sometime mm-hmm. now that's what it's all about isn't it Alan that's it that's called human natural decency yep. but they don't allow that you see because we're ruled by a gang at the top uh, who, who believe that they own us, you see. And, and they have decided, and it's all their economic books, that the, the public actually exists to serve the economy. I know. You see, that's their law. We're living under a gang rule here, with its own rules and regulations. Yeah. Well, if parents knew that when their children in school are being given the assessment test, mm-hmm. if they knew that their children were being assessed for their future tax value. Uh-huh. I wonder if there would be more parents taking their children out of school. Um, and I would like to say this for our listeners, any of you listening who uh, would not want to believe what I just said, go into the website to sweetpretty.org, go into the children's section, and read the article, Are Your Children Human Capital? And then right under there is a... Uh, uh, a presidential executive order signed by William Clinton uh, setting up a commission to study capital and it included human capital and the, and the government or other entities use capital. And they were also to report, Alan, on the, um, oh my, oh, never, oh, what is it? Uh, the, um, what is the word I'm trying to say? When your car starts losing value? Depreciating. Yeah. Depreciation, thank you. Uh-huh. The depreciation of human or of capital. Mm-hmm. That was part of what the commission was reporting on. Yeah. And if you took it out all the other capital and just read in there human capital, you'd see what our children and what we are to them. Mm-hmm. And it's right from their own, this is quoted from their own words. Yeah. And, and it goes much, much deeper and more insidious uh, than what you're talking about because it all goes right into genealogy as well. Because the, the uh, remember the eugenic society is what they used to call bioethics committees. But now we have bioethics. Yesterday it was, it was, it was gen- genetic societies and eugenics. And the Rockefellers were the first ones to fund it in the U.S. And... Uh, in fact, they, they were responsible for getting laws through that had mandatory abortions with, with certain people who they class as possibly defective, etc., right into the 1970s in the U.S. Uh, now, they changed that name because of, of when they brought the genes and the genome project. Suddenly on the media, we had these, these instant, that's what I enjoy about these things, is we have instant panels that just happen to be there looking after us, and they're called bioethics committees. Well, these bioethics committees uh, have, have been, uh, are there to do the PR for the big boys who want to upgrade their stock for the next type. They don't want people with possible allergies or who'll be sick in their life and off work and this kind of stuff. The same stuff as we saw prior to World War II, uh, leading up to World War II even, 
we see even further back in the 1800s with Nietzsche and, and different ones who talked about the unfit shouldn't live. Uh, this is what it's all about. It, 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 they want a productive market, cattle market, we're the cattle, uh, who are healthy and not too bright, but bright enough to do the work that we're assigned to as we go through the changes and as we go through the creation of the new types of humans. Uh, this is what all of this comes together. It's a huge spider web that comes together with the testing of children, uh, the, the genealogies of both parents, the possibilities to sickness, inheritance, uh, dominant genes, uh, all of that's to be fixed and eliminated for the future. They want efficiency. That's their plan. Yep. Yeah. And they're going ahead with it. This is happening. I know. I there was know. A, an excellent movie called Gattaca. Called what? Gattaca. G-A-T-T-I-C-A? Uh, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, sounds like it. And it was about a, a very near future where they bring the first types of uh, 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 test tube type cloned uh, uh, people up into adulthood. And they're now superior because they weren't bred in the old way. And all the defective genes supposedly were taken out yes. and, and put in with, with uh, superior genes. Yes, and it, it creates two classes of citizens, the old type and the new type. And the new type get all the government jobs and get to go to NASA and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's worth seeing because it's almost here. Yeah, it's been out for about 10 years. Oh, it is. Yeah. That was a new one you said, yes. Okay. Uh, there was another movie, remember this? And it was, in fact, I think you told us to watch it, and I don't recall the name of it, uh -huh. about the people who were all genetically, um, oh, engineered in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And there were certain people who escaped, and those who escaped it were total outcasts. Uh -huh. Do you recall that movie? Well, I know they had the same thing in, in Brave New World, where, where the ones who would not uh, take part and stay in the habitat areas lived in the forests, and they were called the primitives yeah. by the elite. And they had their babies in their bellies. That's right, yeah. Yes. You know, going back to the bioethics mm -hmm. uh, with the uh, human genome projects and creating or making, you would say, the perfect slave and the perfect bee, mm -hmm. the, the bioethics also includes euthanasia of those useless eaters. And, yeah. um, and when I think about that word, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't euthanasia mean uh, to put somebody, like a dog or, or mm -hmm. an animal, that yeah. isn't it supposed to be a kind and gentle thing? It's, it's a nice way to kill something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think about... I think about Jerry Scheibel. Yeah, she was a sacrifice as they were signing the free trade, right. uh, the United Continent Agreement, Fortress America, uh, with uh, down in, in Waco, 2005 in March. That's, that was their sacrifice, and that was their big distraction from what they were doing. Yeah. 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 And the name itself is so strange because uh, a, a Shiver or a shival in old European languages used to be a substitute for a priest that would take confession in rural areas when the priest couldn't be reached uh, for last rites. You know, that was her husband's name? Yeah. Shival? Yeah. 
And uh, what about the... And the shaival was a sin eater. So, so in a sense, he took the sins upon the person. So it had all the connotations of your typical sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then, it, then maybe you, you could add to this her maiden name, Schindler. Because they, you know, she was referred to as Terry Schindler, Shiva. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And what does Schindler mean? Uh... Anything? Not so, not so much. But then, then again, the Terry's interesting because Terra generally is the Earth, you see, and the Y is the is the dominant ones that rule the planet. The Y genes, of course. Her, her name is Teresa. Yeah. They were Catholic. Uh huh. But Abo or Shivo, S C H I A B O, was her murdering husband. Uh huh. And it was so odd, because they could have done that at any time. They pulled it out of the, 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 out of the works a few times prior to that yeah. uh, to get the public all talking about it, debating it. And, and this is why they do these on certain occasions. And then they pulled it out at the right time that covered up the Waco deal for the United Americas. That was really interesting, because there was about 90, 95% coverage of what was happening with, with uh, Terry Schiavo and only two and a half minutes of coverage on the first greatest event since the American Revolution, which was the amalgamation of the Americas. Yeah. And this is your free press. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, they, they play with our minds all the time. Yeah. And it was also... Uh, um, the first on the books, really, uh, again, given tacit consent by a public that eventually accepted it for, for, for legally ordered euthanasia. It was legally ordered yep. uh, to ally, not just an alive, an act, actual person who was not, mm-hmm. she was brain damaged, not brain dead. Yeah. She, she moved, she left, she cried. Mm-hmm. And they claimed that she was, she had permanent, what are they, PP, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she was permanently brain damaged. And, and therefore that's enough of a reason to kill somebody. Well, they, they claimed that she had, yeah. she had nothing, that her brain, you know, on one of the TV things, it was Larry King Live when Michael Scheibel was on, they showed x-rays and of course these x could have been of anything. Uh-huh. There was this great big dark spot at the pretty large area. Mm-hmm. And they said that whole part of her brain is dead. Very uh-huh. uh, X-ray, and surely it was fraud. Yeah, and, re- and regardless, though, we've we'll looked after people for hundreds of years, thousands of years that, that were damaged. Uh, that now that, that creates a precedent, you see, for the, for the law system then to, to decide in the future who should live and who should die according to your your ability uh, to function in their legal system, yeah, well, or by the legal system. Yeah, but it was the first time that they had the approval, even. Mm-hmm of the people, uh, masses of the people in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there were a lot of people in other countries who, well, they weren't getting, you know, as, as stormed by the media yeah. as people were here. But when you think that they could show a video of Carrie looking around when her mother walked into the room and a big 
great big grin coming onto her face while they were showing the video a permanent vegetative state PBS is what they call it vegetable <laughs> nothing but a vegetable and they were saying this while they were showing that video yeah and that was again the dehumanizing terminology they used which is typical when they want to kill something and make it acceptable to the public it's the same with abortion we stop calling a baby a baby and we call it a fetus, a fetus. which is just a Latin term for the baby you see however Alan think about yeah. you know, this was a double uh-huh. thing because they weren't just saying she was a, in a permanent vegetative state they were showing her being alive yeah. being aware uh-huh. having feelings emotions mm-hmm. she was responding her mother while they were saying she was in a permanent vegetative state. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was intentional. Of course it was. It was intentional to get you to see, well, even though I see with my own eyes and I should think for myself, I will take the professional's word for it. Actually, and of course, people don't go through that thought process. Not consciously. What they do. The announcer said it's a news person that, mm-hmm. so regardless what they go, we have to take a break. We'll be right back. Um, I get phone calls from listeners, and you know there are so many people who are listening to a long archive. Yeah. I mean, hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I keep getting is what what can we do? What can we do besides knowing this? Yeah. And because so many of them seem to have the question, I'm sure when you get calls and you get letters and emails, but I thought maybe you would... Um, respond to that question to our listeners tonight who had the question, the concern that they have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, the first thing to do is don't sit on information if you have it and understand it. Um, you've got to share it somehow. And it doesn't mean you're around like an evangelist trying to wake people up. Uh, it's more a matter of he do anything. I know one old guy in Texas that hands out leaflets that he prints up himself. And he's in his 80s. And, and he goes in the streets and cafes, laundry mats, puts them up in the wall. This is, this is where you, you grab the odd, the, the odd person that's thinking and is, is trying to wake up. They've taken the step of asking questions and they see uh, some answers there and then they get in touch. You've got to use the information you have because people, you, you see, I could go on like the rest of them do about what's happening right now. All the and, and all the bills and who said what and what bills coming through and what they're going to do next to you now that's widely available to the public they, they have that that's out there I, I, I have a much bigger uh, overview of the whole process so nothing that's done startles me at all because you know the whole agenda right. and, and nothing and the names who brings forward the bills they're totally irrelevant totally irrelevant to the front men that they get chosen so for it in the first place uh, they they call them sponsor of a bill, Alan. I know. They they aren't any. They have nothing to do right no. with the bill. No, not at all. And even the Congress and anybody knows this too. Uh, they don't even read the, the bills. Um, even the Patriot Act, uh, they were told not to read it because it would be unpatriotic to read it. So, I mean, come on, we're, we're, we're living under a gang warfare here. They were told it would be unpatriotic to read it. Yeah. I thought it was put in so through so fast and it was so... But they were actually told that it would be unpatriotic to read. There's only about three of them bothered to read any of it. And 
that was in the newspapers here in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, come on, we're not living under any sort of democracy. You're living under a society. Everybody up there has sworn allegiance to Freemasonry in one of its forms, one of its many names, you know. And they're all getting their payoffs and kickbacks, etc. I'm glad you said in one of its many names. Oh, yeah, there's so many of them. And they're all the same. It's one big pyramid you see different names. Are all the littler uh, things like the Elks Club and those, are those all Freemasons? Well, I think we went over some of that before. Some of the ones that have the little fun, fun stuff as a sort of sight line, they belong to other lodges, but they, they can have their fun lodges too. I see. Yeah, they'll, they'll have a, a real lodge somewhere, yeah. So do you think that most members of those Elks will use that as an example? Uh-huh. Uh, they're members of uh, Masonic Lodge? Yeah. Okay. It's the same in the police forces. Every policeman's house you go into, you, you're going to see the son there. The mother the mother and the father are so proud of them. And he's standing in his uniform as a cadet, and then next to it is one with his Masonic regalia on. Because every policeman, every black body in the military is told to join Freemasonry. Right. You know. Uh, one of the, the funerals they had in Canada with the last bunch that were killed by the American planes. We just got another bunch killed here by American planes again. Tell me about this. Oh, well, I don't really follow it, so I I generally watch any news with it with the sound off, waiting for the weather report to come on. But uh, some soldiers were strapped. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was Afghanistan or Iraq, but an American plane. And uh, so they're having their funerals, and they're all crying and stuff. But that's, that's, every time this happens, they're killed, it's generally American planes that kill them. And there's a long history of this. Uh, even the casualties in Gulf War One was the same, and then the next uh, uh, Gulf War is, is primarily American planes that kill them. So, uh, so that, that's what's been taking over the media right now. But they, they did have a Masonic funeral at the one before, uh, when the press went away, and when the press did say they, they, they donned their aprons and had their Masonic funeral for them. So Freemasonry, uh, and Albert Pike said it too, he says it would be very, very um, helpful to Freemasonry if they could promote it amongst police and military. So all, all official uniform, there's your word, uniformity, because when you put a uniform on, you become uni- part of a uniformity. You form, masons form something. They create, they build, they form and shape. So a uniform, you lose your identity and you swear allegiance to the form itself. And, and that's the danger with any kind of uniform. And so besides passing out pamphlets, uh-huh. um, you know, we have new listeners who once they begin listening back into the archives uh-huh. we've had a long time a lot of us uh, our long time listeners and myself mm-hmm. and knowing you for eight years I've had a long time to digest and to settle with uh, some of the things that we've learned from ancient history you know you're uh, mm-hmm. telling us of ancient history and how long ago this plan was made yeah. and it is ancient it goes back Um, But when people get hours and hours and hours of this in one chunk, Uh it really knocks them off their feet, Alan. I know, and yet, in this particular time, 
uh, it has to be done that way yeah. because we don't have the time the sciences are ready to go uh, it's not a matter of a testing phase all you have to do is get us to accept step by step the next step which is literally uh, the creation of new types of humans uh, the acceptance of euthanasia which will be stepped up and stepped up for petty things and this uniform society they're creating but even even true understanding and coming to the realization mm -hmm. that they're trying to kill us <laughs> uh, you watch them spraying the skies every day I will know but I'm uh. I, I had a conversation with a, just a beautiful uh, person earlier this week and, mm -hmm. and that was one of the things she said when she, she, she found out about the vaccination she found out about genetically modified food yeah. and the spraying mm -hmm. and she said she said to a friend hi they're trying to kill us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it is food awakening and I, I I could certainly empathize with her because I, I remember there was a time and I know that you probably remember me saying this to you. Mm -hmm. I was in, I felt like I, well, I still do at times. You, you, you feel you're living in a, a parallel universe or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, or existence. But it, it was a, a so, um, I was so disoriented, I guess that's the word. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, Alan, nothing to look at. Nothing I see even seems real to me anymore. Yeah. And you said, well, that's a good place to start. It is, yeah. And, and once we settle into that and realize that everything that we we knew, it's almost everything. Mm -hmm. There were a few things we actually knew. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as history about our country, our Constitution, yeah. freedom and liberty... It, it, none of it. I mean, it, 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 it was all right. And the fact that our culture mm -hmm. <laughs> has been given to us makes you so sad yeah. when you see our children today running around, their hats on sideways and their body piercing and the pants digging down to the top of the crack of their rump. And mm -hmm. it's such the pants come down past their knees. They can't even run. Yeah. It's so pathetic. Mm -hmm. And it's all, uh, it's African. It's not even African. Well, uh, I mean, I have always said this. Uh, some, some guy in, in, in a black area town did not go into a store and buy an oversized pair of pants and cut the legs off. Exactly. Uh, this was marketed to them yes. deliberately, uh, thought out by professionals in the music industry and, and uh, marketed to them, and they, they all adopted just like they adopted the Teddy Boy era at one time. Before that, it was the Beatniks. You know, a Beatnik wore long hair, smoked dope, never washed his hair, and wore a polo neck sweater, you know, and smoked dope. That was what they tried to market at that time. It didn't work in uh, some countries in Europe, so they came out with pop instead. And then the Beatles came out with a little Beatle haircut. Everybody emulated that. And they had the Beatles suit with, with no collar on the, on the, sh on the jacket and winkle picker shoes. Jack, isn't it? Pardon? What, I can remember when they had what they called the nail collar. Uh-huh. Or is that was, is it, it was some Indian leader, anyway. Mm -hmm. 
and well, but, yeah. it had no actual collar, it just stood up. Yeah, well, with the Beatles, they didn't have any collar at all. Uh, it was just a jacket. Um, kind of like a bellboy would have, in a sense. Okay. Uh, and uh, the Beatles' haircut with the little the fringe on above the eyebrows, and Winkle picked her shoes, and they came out with hipster pants for guys. If we saw hung on your hips, if you had any, I mean, very young guys don't have much of a hip to start with. Most guys, anyway. That's right. <laughs> and and then of course anybody, and suddenly of course. To time it with them, uh, strangely enough, with their first hits, those very items you could, it was suddenly appeared in the stores. Well, it's because it's all coordinated, because Plato said that the music industry and the fashion industry go to dig together, and drama. And that was from 2,300 years ago. Nothing changes. Yeah. And, and of course, in sociology, it's called the culture creating, uh, creator industry. It's called that. You know, and here I go back to that, what can we do thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's in my mind, there is something so powerful about knowing. Yeah. About understanding it. And I think of the mm-hmm. statement attributed to Jesus that you know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time we were talking on the air, and you were talking about the the real controllers behind the ones that we see and think are in control. Yeah. And that you said the greatest fear is that enough people will realize the power within them. Yeah. And, and I ask you, how many do you think that it would take? And you said, I don't think very many because mm-hmm. there aren't very many of them. And, um, and to me, it's sort of like, you know, the, the ignorance is darkness. Mm-hmm. It's like you're... It's like you're looking around in your sleep or with your eyes closed and feeling your way around. Mm -hmm. And when you suddenly wake up, it's like seeing the light. And it it feels to me like the more people that know this. In fact, you said about the monetary system when I argued with you about the gold thing. And I said, well, okay, fine. If that was your solution, you said, when enough people understand it, mm-hmm. it is going to collapse of itself. Yeah. And I believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it just made, it, it rang of such, so much, yes, that is. Mm-hmm. It, it can collapse itself. And so, so, as you said, right off the bat, knowing it isn't just enough, knowing it, understanding and being able to share it, and mm-hmm. people will come up with ways. Yeah, and and not uh, definitely not to evangelize. See, I know people who literally got bitter because because of their own ego. Really, they think that well, I understand it. I'm bright. I can put it across to this person, and they, I'll make them understand. And you don't realize you're you're coming from a different world from the brainwashed world they're still in, and, and you seem crazy to them. And and a damn nuisance as well if you keep harping and harping on about it. So you can't take it for you. You only go for those who are starting to wake up and ask questions. Uh, forget the ones who are in the land of the dead. Uh, if they wake up later, all the better. But in, in the meantime, you cannot personally do it for them. Right, exactly. But the ones who are asking questions, you can start supplying them with the information. Yes. Yeah. And, and whether they get it or not. Uh-huh. Um, as you said, we can't do it for them, mm-hmm. and yet we don't have to stop planting those seeds. 
Yeah. Because some seeds are a long time spinating. That's right. Some people don't get it until much. There's, there's nothing worse than someone harping on and harping on to one who's quite content. Now, here's the truth, too, you see. There's a lot of people who are content in a socialized system where these invisible people that they never meet above them uh, make all their decisions for them. They're quite happy with that. And most of the people in every generation are followers. They're not leaders. Uh, so you've got to accept that, too. You look for those with leadership qualities and, and with uh, a, 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 a true need uh, to, to live a life where they, are, they can make decisions for themselves. Uh, this, this is where the human will comes in. That's what it's all about, is having the will to make your own decisions. Uh, there, there's something I want to share that came into my mind. Mm -hmm. Because we do, once we know something, we want to start with people and we talk about it like, okay, this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do it on purpose, but I saw it working. And I don't know why. I don't remember this. I mean, to remember it. I remember one day it was they were having the terrible flood in um, uh, Illinois, in the Midwest, and, and they had they had a Bermuda low or one of the the, the stalls off the coast. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia had a, a month of of weather in the hunt. People were dying, animals were dying, etc. And it was stopping the rain from moving forth. It was controlled weather. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm at a hospital waiting room. I was having a, a minor surgery. And there was a newspaper laying there. This was Illinois in Springfield. Laying on a table in the waiting room, there was just one other woman. Told about there was so much rainwater that there was flooding in areas. Uh, there were no streams and rivers because the water was coming right up out of the ground. Oh, yeah. And I picked up the paper and I read the, the headline out loud. And I looked, and she looked at me. I said, you know what somebody told me? And she said, what? I said, that this weather we're having is not natural, that this is controlled weather. Mm -hmm. And she said, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe if I would have said, you know, this weather's controlled, don't you? Mm -hmm. She might have, you know, rolled her eyes and gone back to her magazine. Yeah. Called into a radio station one night. It was a big 50,000-watt station in St. Louis. The guy had um, a, a, a guy talking about the economic system. And I called in. And I, I talked about it like I had just said this. That I, I said, I, I can't hardly believe this. But that the Federal Reserve isn't actually federal. That the, 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 the Reserve Bank is owned by private individuals. And that our money... Uh, the, all the interest, all the money that we owe is interest. And I explained real quickly how I had heard it, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's our presses and our me and our paper. And, and then and then we sell the bills to the Federal Reserve Bank for like 2.7 cents per bill, whether it's mm -hmm. one or a thousand, and then borrow it back at 10% interest. Yep. I said, would you comment on this? And <laughs> he said, thank you. And he said, and this said everything she said was absolutely true mm -hmm. but I didn't call up like I was a know-it-all yeah I called up saying somebody told me this and I can't hardly believe it yeah so maybe it's for me maybe I'm saying as a remembering that sometimes just don't talk us we know it but that we just read it or yeah maybe that would happen 
Uh, oh, uh, another thing too, uh, and I think this is uh, a big failure a lot of people have. They listen to all the different talk shows. Uh, so they're a broad spectrum of all the, the evil things that are going on, and they hit someone who's a complete novice with all of this at the same time. Yeah. And, and it's just too much. You overwhelm them, yeah. uh, and they just switch right off. You, so you stick to a topic which they cannot relate to, uh-huh. and and leave it with them. And then if they come back to you, uh, you, you can see here's another little thing you might be interested in, stick on the topic again. But to try and give them all this stuff at the same time just overwhelms them. And it's, and it's the best psychological warfare technique to disable somebody. <laughs> yes, and there are plenty of them on the air today, aren't there? Well, fear, fear, fear does it. Uh, fear does it. You, you can't throw p- fear at people without giving them the solutions. Agents of paralysis. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know. So we're uh, just about out of our hour, uh-huh. and I think you should uh, talk to us about your DVD. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the reality check part two. Your what? Well, your. Go ahead and do it because we may have some news. Yeah. Well, this latest one that there's a book for sale on the site and different things, but uh, the, the the new DVD is good quality. Uh, it, all the problems was I uh, have been ironed out of them, <laughs> and uh, it's different from anything that's out there. Uh, I go through the esoter- some of the esoteric meanings behind things, which you, you you'll get right away. For the first time, you'll see certain things as they really are, and um, I, I give you, uh, I show you how the techniques are used on your mind. I show it right to you. So it's worth getting. So get it at, at uh, the website, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Yes. Yeah. And um, and how about the CD that you have? Mm-hmm. The first 12 broadcasts? That's there too. And I've also got uh, um, uh, the books are also on PDF for, for people who want to for, for $50 as opposed to 75 for the paper ones. You mean for all three of them? Yeah. And what do they do? They download it themselves? They print it? No, I send it on disc. Oh, Alan. Yeah, I send it to disc, and they can, they, can, they can sit and read them all on their computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So instead of 20 bucks a book, mm-hmm. uh, and 75 for all three, it's 50 for three. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so and there's more coming out. There's more different things coming out shortly, yeah. if we're allowed to go on. And, and if we're not allowed to go on, or something happens, which it might, because we attract a lot of attention, um, then hopefully others will take up the banner and, and, and carry on with it. You know. Well, yes. I, don't you feel grateful for Jason? Mm-hmm. And I certainly, I've never been able to even express enough to didn't have the words. I don't have the words uh-huh. to express my gratitude uh, to Darren mm-hmm. Weeks, our webmaster. Yep. Uh, otherwise, all of the information that is out there mm-hmm. for literally millions of people yeah. wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is not a business, you see. A lot of these other programs are businesses. We don't advertise things, we don't sell things, uh, and all the other gizmos you can get, um, which are generally fear-based buys. Uh, we don't go into that, so it's, it truly is. It's, uh, it's dependent upon help from the public. Yeah. In other words, not saying come and get it before it's too late and they're all gone and you're dead. That's right, or this disease is coming your way. We have the cure. It's only 500 bucks per ounce. 
Yeah. Well, I want I, I want to thank Jason too mm-hmm. for what he's doing. Yeah. For the people, mm-hmm. and of course, Darren and folks uh, on Monday and Tuesday, Darren is the uh, of this broadcast. Mm-hmm. I actually fill in for him on Wednesdays. And, and he's on night shift, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, he is on night shift, but see, he does his cast. Mm-hmm. On Monday and Tuesday, which are his nights off. Yeah. And that's why I'm in for him on Wednesdays. So, folks, do be sure to tune in on Monday and Tuesday night at 9 p.m., same time, same place, for Darren Week. And you will be glad you did. I promise you that. In fact, I never, and I say this uh, without exception, I, Darren Weeks would be the person that I would have thought of to ask to take over this broadcast talent. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're just, they're, well, and I'm accepting, excuse me, <laughs> I wasn't including you in that. Uh-huh. But there is no, no other broadcaster, yeah. no other buddy that I knew that would have asked. The Sweet Liberty would have been done when I went off shortwave, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because... Uh, Yeah, these people have stepped forward, and that's what keeps things going. Exactly. Yeah. And I I haven't heard our music yet, and maybe, you know what, I think maybe Grandfather might be a minute or two. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, don't euthanize your clock, even though he's a grandfather. Uh, Alan. Yeah. You know I love... He has one minute to go, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give him a good polish instead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it's true. It's the occasional person here or there who who dedicates themselves to this because it's not for ourselves. It's for for those to come. Yeah. It's for the life they're going to have or the non-life they're going to exist through. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And when you say life, talking survival, you're talking life. Life. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like Graham's right on time here. Okay. Because I did hear our warning for our one minute. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday night, folks. And be sure to tune in. Remember, Monday and Tuesday. And, Alan, thank you. It's a pleasure. And you'll stay on for a sec, yeah? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Good night, folks. Thank you for being here.